Hello, Marvelites. You are listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 555, The Evil 555. Five, yeah, five, 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 five. <laughs> I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And I'm Agent of Good Times, Lorraine Sink. What's up? <laughs> that means you're the agent from the television show Good Times, and that's it the only thing me. I will accept. But this is the official Marvel podcast where we talk about what's happening this week in Marvel from games, comics, movies, TV, whatever we're excited about. You know one thing I'm excited about, Lorraine? Hmm. So everybody knows I was the AvengerCon announcer in Marvel Studios' Ms. Marvel Episode 1, which this is not me like doing like a hey, hey, hey. It is more... For the first time, maybe the first time in my life, my mother checked out something that I did. We were FaceTiming with her and the baby, and she's like, yeah, we watched it. You were very good. I was like, thanks, Mom. You know what? Honestly, it's a huge deal. It's huge. I had a similar thing with my Luddite folks who do not understand my job or technology. And um, we sat down and we watched... Marvel's 616, the docuseries on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. I'm in the suit up episode. And my mom was like, I want to see that thing you did. And I was like, all right. <laughs> and I put it on. And uh, I just do some talking in it. But my mom, and then they saw also what we do at Comic Con because there's yeah. like B roll footage of us running around at Comic Con and doing the costume contest and those kinds of things. And my dad was like, this is what you do? <laughs> and I was like, I've been doing this for 10 years. Yep. So kudos and congratulations. Thank Your you. mom knows what your job is now. <laughs> One very tiny years. aspect, yes. <laughs> but we also have some great stuff coming up on the show. Lots of stuff happening this week, including one of my BFFs is our interview this week, Oscar Montoya from the hit series Minx on HBO Max. He's also the host of Inside the Disney Vault, which is a podcast that you can listen to where they dive into the Disney Vault and watch every movie. And also, I apologize in advance because I think the proper term is giddy. Oscar and I absolutely giddy to just be talking to each other. I have known this man for mm, way too long. We started our New York journeys somewhat together, so... He's just the best. We love him. So we'll get into that a little bit later. But first up, the aforementioned Marvel Studios, Ms. Marvel, because episode two is out this week and everybody should have watched it already. And if you haven't, we'll try not to spoil too much, but a lot happens in this episode. Mm -hmm. I have to say... One of my favorite things about Marvel Studios Ms. Marvel so far is the introduction of what? Boys with a capital B. It's so fun. (laughs) The introduction of Cameron is just like a huge chef's kiss. There's everything that you could ever want in this episode. There's action. There's adventure. There's vibes between boys and girls. There's all kinds of good stuff. Oh, and plus Nakia. I just, I really love Nakia's storyline in this episode where she's running for the mosque board. So much fun. So, of course, go watch the first two episodes of Marvel Studios' Ms. Marvel now exclusively on Disney+. Plus. You know how to do it. But there's also a lot of great stuff over on Marvel.com. There's some really wonderful articles. There's every song in episode two listed out in a great article over on the site. Also, Ms. Marvel and Bruno's comic history. There's like a whole deep dive there. Mm -hmm. Definitely check it out. Plus, of course, we've got must-haves from episode one. There's t-shirts, there's Funko Pops, there's action figures. I love that there's a t-shirt that says, let's hang at the circle Q, (laughs) which just brings me great joy. Not to mention the Sloth Baby t-shirt. Sloth Baby. We love to see it. So anyways, go check it out over on the website. Lots of good Ms. Marvel content over there. Also, something super cool, super exciting, Marvel Studios Thor Love and Thunder, because you can experience it only in theaters beginning July 8th. That means it is less than a month away. And to celebrate that this week, we got new posters, Thor, Mighty Thor, Gore. King Valkyrie, Korg, Zeus, and the mother bleating goats, y'all, Tooth Nasher and Tooth Grinder. I love those sweet babies so much. Of course, go get your tickets. They're on sale now. I already got my tickets. You got to get those sweet seats while they still exist. Also, there's going to be another film coming back to theaters in celebration of Spider-Man's 60th anniversary, which we're celebrating all year long, kicking off hard in August. It's going to be Spider-Man No Way Home, the more fun stuff version. And this 
more fun stuff version comes in, of course, celebration, as I said, of the 60th anniversary. It's been two decades of Spider-Man films gracing the big screen, and I think it's going to be more fun stuff. Yeah, added and extended scenes for more Spidey, which who doesn't want that? The tickets for that go on sale August 9th, so we'll give you all a reminder in almost two months about that. And then screenings will begin Friday, September 2nd, so it's a big Labor Day weekend extravaganza. Yeah. And there's more Mm Spider-Man because Spider-Man is swinging across the Spider-Verse. Of course, I'm talking about Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. They revealed a new image from the film, and it shows Miles in the middle of a high-flying battle with the spot. Ooh, ah, we we got some details. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, in in the image, um, which you can check out on Marvel.com or Marvel and Spider-Man social pages, we just see them like tumbling in the skyline, Miles trying to kick them, you know, kick, kick, kick. But his foot goes right through one of Spot's spots and emerges right in front of Gwen Stacy's face. It's really tough to fight the spot because he does that. In the film, he's voiced by Jason Schwartzman. If you don't know Jason, he's been in a lot of Wes Anderson films and and a ton of stuff. I immediately heard the voice when I read the casting (laughs) and I was like, I got the vibe. I know what's going on. This is great. So cool. I love Jason Schwartzman. He is so funny. I'm sure he'll be such a wonderful addition to the already epic cast. Of course, don't miss The Spot's Spider-Verse debut in Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse exclusively in theaters June 2nd of 2023. So just a little less than a year away. I need it right now. But you know what I can have almost right now? Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness because the home release is impending so of course we've got all the alternate realities of the film that we explore and it's going to hit all major digital platforms june 22nd so it's really soon and on 4k ultra hd blu-ray and dvd on july 26th so you know whether you're you're someone who wants a physical copy great that's just a, a little over a month away if you want the digital version that is next freaking week and there are bonus features. There are three great featurettes. One, Method to the Madness. Everyone talking about Sam Raimi's wonderful work on the film and its quintessential Raimi-ness, mm-hmm. I believe is um, the correct terminology. Raimi-mania running wild, brother. <laughs> It also has a feature at introducing America Chavez, her character in comics, as well as Sochi Gomez, who plays the role, talking about her unique powers and constructing the multiverse, which talks about creating the feature film from a writing perspective with Mike Waldron, who, of course, we also know was the writer of Marvel Studios Loki. Also, the writer of this film also has a little cameo that we talked about that brought me great joy. Plus, there's a bunch of bloopers, gag reel, deleted scenes. There's a fun piece called A Great Team, where journalist questions Dr. Strange's integrity. There's Pizza Papa, which yes. I know is near and dear to Ryan's heart. Oh my God. Someone was like, you're you're the new Bruce Campbell. I was like, look, if Pizza Papa and AvengerCon announcer can find a way to team up, then that's all that I care about. This is my fanfic. And rightfully so. And then there's also It's Not Permanent, which is where Bruce tries to accuse Dr. Strange of being an imposter. There's also, of course, audio commentary with Sam Raimi, Richie Palmer, one of the producers, and Michael Waldron, as I mentioned, the writer of the film. But of course, bonus features vary by product and retailer. So go out, look for it when it is out on July 26th. And of course, coming to digital like in five minutes on June 22nd. And also, you can stream Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness June 22nd on Disney+. And you know what I watched recently on Disney+, Plus this past weekend, was the new Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie, Lorraine. Have you seen it? I have not seen it, but I really want to because it's like right up my alley. It's oh, yeah. in that Roger Rabbit territory of like blurring the lines, and I love it. It was a lot of fun. It was a blast. And can I spoil a Marvel cameo for you? I would love you to. Tigra. From the <gasps> Avengers United They Stand late 90s animated series. She makes an appearance in there. It's wild. So she's got these like big pants in it and it is so good. And in the film, Tiger is portrayed by comedian Liza Kakowski. Just go check it out. If you haven't seen the film yet, go watch it. You're going to want to pause the movie a ton because there's so many little Easter eggs in there. Oh my gosh. I need to watch it now. 
Moving on, we got some great stuff from Marvel Games. First up, Marvel Puzzle Quest. Babies, it's Pride Month. Mm -hmm. And we are celebrating all month long, including in Marvel Puzzle Quest with the arrival of Hulkling, aka Direct the Eighth. He is a powerful tank that can use his metamorphic adaptations to improve his damage defenses or utility. And you can add him to your roster today. So go celebrate Pride Month with an absolute icon. Yes, and there's even more Hulkling fun stuff if we shift over to Marvel Contest of Champions because we have Wiccan and Hulkling now in the game. We just talked about Hulkling and then Wiccan is the best. He is, you know, Billy of Teddy and Billy and son of Scarlet Witch and bringing the chaos magic vibes, one of our faves. And so the two of them now in Marvel Contest of Champions. And they are the cutest couple. Over in Fortnite, you know, we've been talking about all the stuff going on with, you know, the, all the big Marvel crossover stuff with the comic that just released. And Spider-Man Zero War Suit is now available in Fortnite. So go check that out. Go pick up the first issue, which also has a code for the, the Spider-Man suit and everything. So all good things there. Yeah, there's a bunch of really cool stuff about those Fortnite issues. You definitely want to go pick them up in their real comic book format because there are some like cool digital codes and stuff going on in them. So go grab yours at your local comic book shop. Support a local business. We love it. Also, I wanted to shout out this week a really cool figure that is released by Hot Toys and Sideshow Collectibles. It is a new comic book inspired Iron Man by Hot Toys. Usually we know they do their MCU inspired figures, but this one, there's something really special about the paint job. It's got the hip discs, like the classic old school looking Iron Man hip discs. He comes with a briefcase. The way it's colored and shaded, it's got this shine to it that is beautiful it's really really something special yeah i like that he's kind of like encased in some sort of like clear glowy plastic it's very cool mm -hmm. and lorraine another cool bunch of toys that were recently shown off are from hasbro the marvel legends retro three and three quarter inch collection has a new wave and it's rad it's got firestar Moon Knight, an like, Amazing Fantasy 15 style Spider-Man, a Rich Rider Nova, an old school Iron Man, and Captain America. These are like the, the smaller form figures, and they just keep making these, and they're so cool. They're just like kind of perfect for just sitting on a shelf and, and displaying. They don't have as much articulation, but I love them. But the fact that we got a friggin' Firestar figure makes me yeah. so happy. I love those little retro figures. They really take me back to like an 80s, 90s vibe. Yeah, I love those too. I also just love the straight up six inch Marvel Legends figures. And this week Hasbro unveiled the newest two pack, which is a two pack of Mr. Negative and an inner demon. Oh my God, Mr. Negative and an inner demon. This is speaking to me on a deeper level. This is like me after having eaten food. Lorraine, please eat a snack. But these are part of the Marvel Legends series, Marvel Gamerverse line. And of course, it is inspired by Marvel's Spider-Man, the 2018 game developed by Insomniac Games. And it's got a ton of accessories, lots of posability. But like, I'm here for Mr. Negative and also an inner demon. But Mr. Negative rules. Hey, Ryan, you know, speaking of cool merch, mm. I got a cool thing in the mail. I think you might have gotten one, too. The Penguin Classics Marvel Collection, which is now available for purchase. They are so cool. There are three different collections, one for Spider-Man, one for Black Panther, and one for Captain America. And they have them in both paperback and hardcovers. I have six of these books in both paperback and hardcover now. They're amazing. They're very carefully curated comic book anthologies that present the original stories and seminal tales of these key Marvel characters. So again, Spider-Man, Black Panther, Captain America, they are beautiful books. And if you're looking for a nice collection to add to your coffee table or your cool back wall, because you know, if you're working from home, you want that cute shelf. They're beautiful books and they're also great reads. I mean, really important key stories to the lore of those characters. And it's really fun to go back and read those comics because you don't see them as much just like out and about frolicking around. Um, and it's fun to go back to those stories. You want to hear what a hardcover sounds like? The hardcovers are great because they have like the covers are these really striking, big, bold colors with gold foil. And then the pages are gold foil. So it looks... 
so classy and cool. And then to see the soft covers, if you, you've read books in school at any point in the last like 40 years or so, you know a Penguin classic. And it oh, has yeah. that specific trade dress. And it just look it's so cool to see Marvel as part of the Penguin Classics line. And it's it's of course it's the stories and it's really great, but there's also historical, cultural, and intellectual discussions around the stories, the creators, the times that these were made, the characters. There's a lot that goes into these that make them pretty dang cool. Also, the printing on these is really nice. It's a simple thing, but they are printed really well on great paper. The colors look perfect. And they smell like book. And they smell like book. Of course, you can go pick up yours at penguinrandomhouse.com or wherever you get your books that are fabulous. But also, we did a HT Live for Hot Topic this week, you and I, Mm -hmm. and we got to show off a whole bunch of merch inspired by Marvel Studios' Ms. Marvel and Marvel Studios' Thor Love and Thunder. If you want to go watch the recording of the live stream, you can go to hottopic.com slash htlive or the Hot Topic social channels. Go check out the show and all, (laughs) like us just like being ridiculous and (laughs) having fun with clothes and talking about movies and shows that we love. It's super fun. So go check it out and check out all the cool merch. There's some great fits going on. Like if you're looking for cosplay for fall, for San Diego Comic-Con, for New York Comic-Con, just to have to wear for everyday cosplay, there is some really great stuff. Go check it out. All right, let's move on to the podcast portion of the podcast where we talk about all the podcasts at Marvel Podcast because we podcast a lot of podcasts, starting with Marvel Squirrel Girl, the unbeatable radio show. But I'm not talking about the podcast. We're talking about merch. Yeah, there is now merch over on Amazon.com. Maybe you've heard of it in the Amazon Design Vault. Honestly, the easiest way to get to it is to just type in the name of the show, Squirrel Girl, the Unbeatable Radio Show. It'll pop up. There are T-shirts and phone cases and totes and just all kinds of cute stuff. There's pop sockets for your phone. You can get a bunch of different designs and different fun things. Go check it out over on Amazon. I already bought a shirt and when it arrived, I said, hey, honey, this is for the podcast. And he was like, oh, is that you, Ryan and James? <laughs> and and then he was like, oh, that's Squirrel Girl. And I was like, yes. Also, it was Squirrel Girl, Koi Boy, Koi Boy and Chipmunk, and Chipmunk Hunk. Hunk. Yep. Which is great. Which obviously makes sense in like an alternate universe where that would be us. You got the hair. Mm -hmm. It makes sense to me on some level, but it gave me a a really good tickle that he he was like, three, two, one, I am incorrect. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But go check them out on Amazon. Buy all the good stuff. Enjoy a merch. Enjoy a merch. Hey, question out there for our listeners. If we made some This Week of Marvel merch, would you buy it? If we put it up on the Amazon? Let us know. Hashtag this week in Marvel or email us twim podcast at marvel.com. I don't know. We put flushy on it. Do we put, you know, <laughs> do I get an artist and have them draw versions of me, Lorraine, and James? I don't know. We'll see. Something. Yeah. We could do yeah. things. We also have a big bit of podcast news this week because we launched the first episode of Marvel's Wastelanders Wolverine. It is a partnership between Marvel Entertainment and Sirius XM and the newest original scripted podcast. It is the fourth installment in the Marvel's Wastelanders audio epic, of course, following Star-Lord, Hawkeye, and Black Widow. The all-new 10-episode series is written and directed by Peabody Award winner Jenny Turner-Hall. So a little backstory on the series. 30 years ago, supervillains did this unthinkable thing, which was that they won. And after killing the Avengers, the X-Men, and essentially every other superhero, Red Skull assumed the office of President of the United States. And since that day, a very traumatized Wolverine, which I feel like trauma and Wolverine go hand in hand, but whatever, played by Robert Patrick, has now wandered in a daze of survivor's guilt and self-loathing over his failure to protect his fellow X-Men and their mutant students. Robert Patrick a.k.a. the T-1000 from Terminator 2 Judgment Day. He was recently in James Gunn's show Peacemaker and so much more. He's kind of iconic. But you know what? Why don't we just listen to the trailer to get Mm -hmm. a good feel for the show? And so Christmas Eve felt like a perfectly natural time to reflect upon how far we've come. 30 years of putting humans first 
and eliminating the disgusting plague of mutant kind. Go home, you freak! So he's not gonna give me back my job that was stolen by another damn mutant. Who are you? Just another damn mutant. Wolverine. The Wolverine. You're supposed to be dead. You know what he did to the X-Men? How could Logan do something so terrible? You ever seen that berserk side of Wolverine? How do I kill the beast? You cannot kill it. You are Wolverine. You can only choose how to live it. I want to live like a man. Then start living like one. So given the whole world wants me dead right about now, it seems like a right time to take on a suicide mission. I want to take on Red Skull. I'm in. Let's do this! What's the plan? Plan? Entertainment and Sirius XM present Marvel's Wastelanders Wolverine. Starring Robert Patrick as Wolverine. Hear it now. Plus, unlock exclusive bonus episodes by subscribing to Marvel Podcast Unlimited on Apple Podcasts. Learn more at SiriusXM.com slash Wastelanders. The first episode is available now anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts, plus unlock exclusive bonus episodes by subscribing to Marvel Podcasts Unlimited on Apple Podcasts, or subscribe on the SiriusXM app for early access to the next episode. Learn more at SiriusXM.com Wastelanders. Oh, and speaking of Marvel's Wastelanders Wolverine, this week the hosts of Women of Marvel are talking about Kitty Pride, past, present, and future. So like in the realm of Xness, they talk about her appearance in comics and in audio fiction, including a sneak peek behind the new podcast, because there is a Kitty Pride in the series. And they talk with star Ashley Atkinson and writer-director Jenny Turner-Hall about the series. It is the last episode of this season of Women of Marvel, so go over and get it on the SiriusXM app, Marvel Podcast Unlimited on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is wonderful. We love our women of Marvel. Go and check it out. Yeah. All right. Also, Marvel's pull list this week, that podcast that I co-host, we had writer Josh Trujillo on to talk about United States of Captain America. Rereading it, I enjoyed it even more the second time. So we talked to Josh because he wrote the story about Aaron Fisher, who is the Captain America of the Railways, who is super cool, has a great role in this series. We've seen maybe popping up a little bit more in the comics, but Josh was on to talk about all that, talk about Hulkling and Wiccan, which he wrote talk about pride and so much more and then our picks of the week this week are captain america sentinel of liberty number one which if you are a fan of the ed brubaker written captain america Mm. vibe that's what the series is doing really really well by colin kelly and jackson lansing and carmen carnero highly recommend it plus x-men red number three and wolverine number 22 That is a lot of comic book goodness, and we have even more goodness because I'm about to just be completely unhinged with one of my best friends, Oscar Montoya. As we mentioned, he's from the show Minx on HBO Max. We talk about the show. We talk about Disney movies. We talk about his connection with the X-Men. It was really, really just so personally fun for me. And also, like, one of the coolest things, honestly, about getting kind of old and working in the entertainment industry is you see your friends become famous and stuff sometimes and it's so cool it's like the coolest thing to me is just watching my friends succeed and do wonderful things that I knew that they were destined to do not to be over sentimental but I'm just really really proud of him Joining us here on the podcast, someone who knows about all of the skeletons in my closet, and it's not just Ryan this time, we have star, comedian, podcaster, Oscar Montoya. Hey, Oscar. Hi. Hi, babe. Oh, Lorraine, I love you so much. How are you? Oh, my God. I'm so good. I'm so much better that you have now joined us. I will try not to be a complete sociopath the entire time that we're in this interview, because... 
Oscar and I used to do improv together and therefore we, I don't know, turn into goofballs when we were together, but. We're big goofballs, but we'll be on our best behavior today. What's funny for me is, Lorraine, you and I worked very closely together for like 10 years, but as the two of you just started talking before we started rolling, it was just like, oh, there's two Lorraines in here. And they're just sort of like, it's just like this circle of chaos and, and Lorraine. And so I see parts of you and her and her and you, and now you've become one. Good job. Oscar and I are fun gremlins. <laughs> we are. We truly are. Trademark that, Lorraine, because I think that is actually very, very accurate. It's the absolute truth. Um, okay, so Oscar, what is your Marvel origin story? What was the first way that you met the Marvel Universe, the Marvel characters, etc.? Mm, so I am a child of the 90s. So like I, of course, got introduced to Marvel with the animated series that was on Fox Kids. The, the X-Men animated series? Yes. Or the, the Spider-Man or both? Actually, you know what? I was so deep in the X-Men of it all that I didn't even have time for any other Marvel <laughs> character to invade my space. I was obsessed with the mutants. My fandom for Marvel was so focused on X-Men and the other X's, X-Force, X-Factor, you know what I mean? That I just didn't mm -hmm. have time. I was not a Spider-Man kid until I wasn't a kid anymore, until I was a full-on <laughs> adult. But yeah, the X-Men animated series was my gateway into the comics and then into specifically like the 90s comic era of Marvel was so fantastic because y'all, we had the trading cards, you know, the Marvel masterpieces. <laughs> That's when I became a full blown Marvel fan was those Marvel masterpieces. I, I still have them somewhere in a big old folder. Which X-Men, which X-Person were you most obsessed with as a small Beast. child? <laughs> Beast. Why Beast? <laughs> Beast. I'm always drawn to the smarty pants of any group. I think I gravitate towards like teams. You know what I mean? I was an X-Men person. I was a big Power Rangers freak. So I was always obsessed with smart people. So Billy was my favorite Power Ranger, the Blue Ranger. And he was smart too. And he's also blue, like Beast. Interesting. <laughs> so for me, Beast was it. Also, Beast's story of like, Hank was so like a gentleman, very refined. And then you look at him and he's like an absolute quote-unquote monster as a kid, I sort of resonated with that because I always was perceived as a freak because I was a queer child. <laughs> so, but I was like, if people only knew the kind self that was inside this weird persona. So to me, Beast definitely resonated. He's definitely my favorite X person. Also, come on, Jubilee. Jubilee was made in the 90s and is a product of the 90s and is just the 90s incarnate. So Jubilee and Beast were my favorite X people. Those are good choices. Now, looking at your glasses, though, those glasses are like straight up Hank McCoy glasses. And if you started to <laughs> like recite some poetry from like Thoreau or something in the middle of this, like as he would throughout every appearance of the show, they'd be in the middle of a battle and he would like pull down glasses and he would start reading something. You'd be like, chill out, Hank. Yeah, I'm definitely in Beast cosplay for sure. I'm not shaved, fully bearded, very hairy boy right now with my giant glasses. So, yeah, I dress for the occasion, you know? Thank you for bringing it. Okay, so obviously you got into comics. I know that you play a lot of video games. What What's your nerdy <laughs> yeah. stuff? So, like Lorraine said, I'm a huge video game nerd. It takes up 95 of my mental space is thinking about <laughs> video games and talking about video games. I'm a big fan of the JRPGs specifically, like your sort of uh, Sweet Codens, Final Fantasy, you know, all of that stuff. Anything that is a sweeping long epic where you can raise people's stats, I'm like fully in. I'm just like, yeah, give it to me. So like, that's my happy place. Put me in an RPG, leave me for a week and I will finish it. I'm also a completionist, so I want to beat everything. I want to like... You get go 100%. through and pay every level, every little side quest, Oh all yeah. Of it. So like when I played Breath of the Wild, it took me a full year to play it. Because I was just like, I need to uncover every shrine. I need to find all the little gold turds that the little creatures throw. I was like fully immersed in Breath of the Wild. So games like that are dangerous for me, but I love them. They make me very happy. They are the best. All right. So you said you got into like X-Force and some of the X-Lines in comics. Mm -hmm. Who were your all-time favorite Marvel characters? Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, Lorraine, you know I like the weird ones. The Fringe 
characters, I had a incredibly strong affinity <laughs> to Strong Guy. Oh, do y'all remember hair? Guido Carcella? <laughs> yeah, I remember him very, very like, much. He's also a big weirdo, and doesn't he usually sometimes like wear glasses? Tiny, too? tiny versions of your glasses. Oh, exactly. Glasses are your brand. That's what it is. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Big strong man, little glasses. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe that's my vibe. <laughs> That's my gender. My gender is big old boy with little glasses. Yeah, that, that's my vibe. 1,000%. Uh, yeah, just like I liked Strong Guy so much. I had the action figure as a kid and was like, that was like, I carried that fella around all day. It was something about the little tiny head and the big shoulders that I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. And also in the 90s, you know, you had that that blue and bright yellow of like all the X characters you know so like i was very drawn to that so you know jubilee b strong guy i really liked <laughs> dazzler you know but <laughs> it was because of the beauty and the beast comics if you remember those the dazzler and beast four issue limited series yeah yeah oh, man yep 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 and i was fully obsessed with that like fully fully obsessed with that i was able to find i didn't own them i remember borrowing them from a friend's older sister, because he was like, those comics are for girls. And I remember being like, I love them. <laughs> um, but I recently got my hands on them, and they're, they're my most prized possessions. I love the Beauty and the Beast. Limited series, I guess you would call them now, right? Yeah, it's a weird one. It's Anacenti, Don Perlin on art, and it's 84, 85, and it's, it's real trippy and weird. It's not what you kind of expect, and the covers by Bill Sienkiewicz are... Gorgeous. Amazing. Something just occurs to me. So you are originally from Colombia. How old were you when you moved to the States? And like, how much English did you know at that point? None. I knew none. And I came here when I was 12. So, and I also came from like a village in Colombia. So I, I'm from Palmira, which is like, there was no paved roads. I mean, like we were living just very simply, one would say. And so when I moved to the States in of all places, Queens, New York City, you know? I, that's where Peter Parker's from, isn't he? Mm hmm Yeah. Yeah. You wanna tell wow. us anything? Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am not Spider-Man as a man. I'm Spider-Man's friend. I would be Spider-Man's friend. But when I moved here, it was like the biggest culture shock ever. And one of the biggest things that I freaked out about was that like, people had their lights on during the day? <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought it was so wasteful. Like, it's light outside open the dang windows like you can see <laughs> so like that was like one of the big 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 things that i was like oh wow like y'all do things different up in here okay but then as an immigrant who didn't speak the language and who so badly wanted to assimilate only because you know in the 90s it was tough being different let's put it that way do you know what i mean and i was mm -hmm. a very different child you know like so i tried my hardest to be like okay i need to fit in so i got rid of the accent as quickly as i could and i voraciously absorbed pop culture and that's like where my fascination with pop culture began just like as a means of honestly survival and not to get bullied you know so like i think things are different now in a way i mean i'm not a kid so i don't i wouldn't really know but like Especially like with pop culture, they're sort of being like, different is cool and different is weird. We didn't really have that in the 90s. It didn't feel that way, at least, except mm -hmm. for comics, except for especially X-Men, where it was like people being ostracized on the fringes of society. And it's a collection of people who not only were very proud of being mutants, but were also like their whole motto was to like, be a part, integrate themselves as part of society. You know, it wasn't like the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants where they're like, screw human beings, we're the best. You know, the X-Men were like, no, we are equal and we are a part of y'all and we will be one. You know what I mean? So like I subconsciously, like, I think absorbed that. Yeah, I think that's that's the level that I absorbed it at, which is cool. Yeah. That's so nice. <laughs> I love your origin story there. Because my father was from Bogota. Shut and up! I've never, what? Yeah. I've never been to Colombia. I barely know that side of the family. And then I grew up for the first couple of years in College Point, Queens, and then moved to Floral Park. That Columbia-Queens connection Whoa. is very strong. It's good. Are we the same person? 
We might be. What? <laughs> <laughs> Lorraine's like seeing double. Lorraine right now is the Spider-Man meme, like uh, pointing to. Everyone pointing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Obviously, you talk a lot about pop culture. Do you have favorite Marvel movies? You know, I'm sure you've seen them all a couple of times. Oh, yeah. Oof. I really liked, you know, I liked Guardians of the Galaxy. You know what? My favorite Marvel movie is Thor Ragnarok, I think. Maybe that's everyone's favorite Marvel movie. Maybe it's not. Wait, what's what's both of y'all's? Changes? It's what, it, yeah, it's like whatever movie just came out. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. I tend to go with Marvel Studios Guardians of the Galaxy because like, I grew it's up um, an only child of a single mom. So like that part of Peter's story is really like, it resonates very much. But yeah. there's bits and pieces like, Marvel Studios Thor Ragnarok is incredible and there's bits and pieces all the you know the Spider-Man there's a lot there is so much and there's so many good ones you know like you know another hero that I was obsessed with as a kid was Doctor Strange I mean honestly and I'll tell you this the reason why I was so obsessed (laughs) with Doctor Strange is because he reminded me of Walter Mercado who is a very huge Latinx figure he would like say the horoscope but he would wear these like gorgeous capes and he was so flamboyant yes i know who this is yes yes exactly so like to me dr strange was like the white yes that yes exactly 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 so in my mind before you know benedict cumberbatch slayed as dr strange to me i always pictured dr strange as this sort of liberace (laughs) type He now is I very want Walter flamboyant. Mercado Salinas to be in the multiverse of madness, like with the Doctor Strange cape and like an <laughs> alternate reality Doctor Strange. Someone make this happen. <laughs> Marvel, are you listening? Make this happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we have to ask you a really, really hard question because Uh-oh. obviously you love your Marvel, um, I do. but you do host the podcast Inside the Disney Vault <laughs> in which you watch. Not just the hits, but the deep cuts, the made-for-TV movies. (laughs) But do you have a favorite, all-time favorite Disney movie? Yes. Oh, my gosh, Lorraine. I could go on and on. (laughs) You can't just say Encanto because you were in it. (laughs) (laughs) Dang it. Um, My favorite Disney movie of all time, hands down, has to be The Emperor's New Groove. I think it is. (gasps) That is my personal favorite. It is so magnificent. Also, it like changed the way I think Disney animated movies worked. It like it appealed to all ages. It sort of broke that sort of like thing of like the Disney princesses of the 90s, that golden age, and then brought it to like this sort of self-aware, very sort of hip comedy moment that I was obsessed with. So the reason why I started that podcast inside the Disney vault was because when I moved to California especially Southern California, where being a Disney adult was such a big thing. I was like fascinated by that. I was like, why are these adults so obsessed with Disney? I don't get it. I've also never been to the park. So my friend Claire Logren, who is a co-host on the podcast, was like, I'll take you to Disney and then I'll you'll see what all the fuss is about. So I went and fell in love. I truly do think that Disneyland is a magical place. I think that there's real magic in that place and was obsessed but being in the parks i was like i don't get a lot of these references like i haven't seen this movie i don't winnie the pooh what what the heck is that like i just didn't know a lot of the references so claire and i were like let's just do a podcast where we watch every single disney animated movie in chronological order and we did that and i love it but then we did all the pixar movies and then right now we're going through every disney channel original movie (laughs) which the fans really wanted. And we were like, oh yeah, it'll be like, what, 20? There's like 140 and counting right now. So that's the journey we're on right now. But I'm gonna tell you this, Emperor's New Groove, my personal favorite. I think The Lion King is a perfect film, period. I literally cried in the opening number and I was like, I'm in my 30s, what am I doing? (laughs) Um, (laughs) And when it comes to Disney Channel original movies, also known as DCOMs, I mean, the Cheetah Girls franchise is top notch. I love it. <laughs> you also did a whole thing where you watched a bunch of horror movies, right? Recently, oh, like, heck yeah. In the last year. I'm a big spooky boy. So like any horror stuff I'm obsessed with every year, I still do it every October. I will get a friend and we'll watch a movie I've never watched before. And on Instagram Live, we'll do a discussion about it. But it's really cool to get people 
who aren't into horror, who are like trying to open up their like sort of horror brain to watch these movies that they would have never been introduced. And it's all streaming because I really wanted to make it accessible to everyone or most everyone. And uh, yeah, we just talk about it and it's really fun. So yeah, I'm just trying to get more people involved. My wife and I did all the Halloween movies last year, and I think we're going to do vampire movies this year. Lorraine, did you, do you have a theme or you just go all around? I watch a horror movie, at least one horror movie every day of October, and I have nightmares the whole time, and I absolutely love it. But honestly, worth, by it. The end of o- <laughs> worth it. But by the end of October, I am so much less stressed because I think I just don't have any more adrenaline left for it. It's cathartic. I could do surgery at the end of October because I just have no fear anymore. <laughs> Lorraine MD, that's the spinoff podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Although I cannot rival you. I, I believe you host all of the podcasts. Um, you also have podcast Killed the Video Star. That's right, um, yeah. Where you talk about music. Tell us a little bit about the podcast. Yes, so I'm obsessed with countdown shows and I'm obsessed with music videos. Again, like as a kid who voraciously swallowed anything pop culture, MTV was the place to go, you know what I mean? And back when they were playing music videos, that is all I watched, that's all I consumed. So I have, I think I've seen almost every music video to ever exist, period. So I teamed up with my very close friend here, Manu Agapian, where we are on a quest to find the definitive top 100 music videos of all time. However, What we do is we nominate videos every week. So I bring in a music video, Mono brings in a music video, and then we talk about a music video that's in the zeitgeist at the moment. And we dissect it, we talk about it while we watch it. And then the listeners and the viewers on YouTube, because it's also on YouTube, can pick which of the three gets to move on to the top 100. So there is an element of competition in there. So, and we're like halfway done with the podcast. So we're, we've already got our top 50. So we have 50 more to go. So that's very exciting. So what happens if you got the top 50 and then you're like, wait, the best music video that ever has been has just come out. Do you have to like reorder everything? Yeah, we do. So what happens is after we get 25 of them, we go and then we sort of rearrange everything. So that's like a new list. However, the top spot has been untouched since the beginning of the podcast. So, and that is Madonna's Vogue, which is- Iconic. Iconic, iconic, iconic. So yeah, I will say, however, that there are some iconic music videos that didn't even make it to the finish line at all. There's other music videos that knocked it down. Like Daft Punk's Around the World, I thought was like, oh, that's gonna be a shoe and that's gonna be like one. Didn't make it, didn't make it, I was so shocked. But listen, it's not us, it's the listeners that vote and we love it. We love it when the listeners make outrageous picks. I love it so much. This kind of, this discussion unlocked this memory of mine of recording MTV back in the day and this is like years before what was the Carson Daly like TRL TRL TRL, years before TRL when they would have like daily you know this is the hottest music video type show and like Queensryche was in there and you had like Mm -hmm. it was probably just around the time of Vanilla Ice and stuff like that I would have VHS tapes of these things I don't know where they've gone did either of you have I mean Lorraine I feel like you would have been VHS recording some MTV too. Oh, yeah. No, well, I used to record the MTV. They do like a 100 video countdown. And it used to make me so mad when I was really little because Sledgehammer would always win. It would always be like number one or number two. And I was like, I hate this music video. It's stupid. Like, I'm so (laughs) mad about it. (laughs) I was so angry about it. And I was like, like in my mind, I was like, what adults are voting for this dumb video? I love the song now. Now it's a it's a great song, but <laughs> you know it's funny because we had on the podcast we had like an episode where we try to find the definitive '80s music video, and Sledgehammer was in there, and I was like, "That's gonna be." It was between Sledgehammer, Genesis, Land of Confusion. Oh, I don't know yeah. if y'all remember that video, mm-hmm. and Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Can you guess which one? made it to the top 100? I'm gonna go with none of them from what the way you sound right now. <laughs> no, one of them does make it. One of them does make it. Girls just wanna have fun? Yeah, girls just wanna <laughs> have fun, make it. Which is obviously the fun choice, but I was so 
shocked that Sledgehammer didn't make it to the top 100 because I was like, that's an iconic music video. It changed the game. But yes, like Lorraine, most people were like, yeah, no, it's not as fun as Cindy Lauper. Sorry. Oscar, I have to say you are truly a renaissance man because, listen, we're talking about Disney movies. We're talking about comic books. We're talking about video games. We're talking about every musical video that's ever been. You have a crazy knowledge of all things, which is always really <laughs> impressive to me. But also, I want to talk about your new role on HBO's Minx because you are so good in it. Aw, Lorraine, I love you. I have to truly say, you and I, over the years, have known lots of comedians who have gotten roles on TV and film and, and things. And we and like the commercials are just people we used to take improv classes with. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> that, that is Facts. the existence now. <laughs> but it was really, really exciting for me to see you on the show because it's, I think, one of the first times I've seen somebody that I'm like truly, really, really close with, like starring on a major show on a major network. I just like there's some part of me that my like my curmudgeonly angry heart grew three sizes um, just you. seeing you. But, you know, for anyone who hasn't seen this absolutely wonderful show, which I 100 percent believe if you are an adult, you should watch. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe put the kids to bed and then Kids watch to bed the show. Yeah. And and then watch the show. But tell folks what the premise is of the series. Absolutely. Yes. So it's called Minx and it is about essentially the first erotic magazine for women. It's about a very plucky postgrad named Joyce Prigger who wants to make a feminist magazine. And this takes place in 1972. Back when, uh, you know, it was a male-dominated magazine industry and didn't allow space for that sort of stuff to happen. And she teams up with, I would say, like a sort of adult magazine sort of titan by the name of Doug Renetti, played by the wonderful Jake Johnson, who is such a dreamboat, like, so nice. He's like the dad on set, like, so amazing. He, like, takes care. Anyway, whatever. This isn't a... Jake Johnson podcast, but uh, <laughs> it should be because he's great. So they team up to make the first erotic magazine for women. And along the way, they get a ragtag bunch of misfits to come together. And I play Richie, who is the photographer of Minx, who used to be a makeup artist for all of Doug Renetti's past projects. And uh, I love playing this character because... For the character, this is a chance to prove that he is more than just a makeup artist, that he's he can do photography, but also he's an artist. So like in the first season, you sort of see him evolving and getting more confidence in his artistic side. And it's just a fun show. It's a great character. I'm in love with the show Minx. I would be obsessed with it even if I wasn't on it. Like, can I say that? Can I say that I love yeah. a show that I'm in? <laughs> Yeah, you and you're serving, you're serving Luke's. <laughs> oh, you're serving madly. I mean, I mean, it's 1972. So with that, it is truly the tightest clothing I have ever <laughs> worn in my life. It leaves little to the imagination. So I'm <laughs> like just strapped in some of the tightest bell bottom pants, which I've learned to really love. And in like four inch platform shoes. So. I love the clothes. I love the outfits. I love the vibe of the 70s, too. So it was just great to be a part of that show. I want to go back to Jake Johnson a, a second just to remind our listeners that he's also Spider-Man. So Absolutely. And when I tell you the only thing, because <laughs> everyone knows him as Nick Miller, you know, from You Girl. I was like, oh, my gosh, you're the voice of Spider-Man. And he was like, <laughs> ah, he laughed and he was like, really? That's what you, okay, great. I love it. <laughs> He's like, okay, I I understand your demo now. Got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's great. I love him. Well, the show is so good. Everyone should watch it. It's such a like lovely story of people who are like trying to do good and grow and and also there's some great moments where like you get to see somebody get punched when they really deserve to be punched and that yes. feels really good. Yes. Yes. Oh. People really like the show, which oh my god, thank goodness. But also people really get it. Like, yes, the premise is about an erotic magazine for women. But like you look deeper into that and it's actually a workplace comedy. It, it, mm -hmm. It's where the workplace just happens to be this adult magazine, you know. But it's amazing that people are really taking to how like wholesome it is and how fun and sweet and tender 
the relationship that these characters have towards each other. So I really, I love that people are absorbing it that way because that's that was our intention. And a lot of cool conversation around feminism, like that's still extremely applicable to today, you Absolutely. know, and, th- and the real world that we live in now. So it's really great stuff. It's such a good show. I'm so lucky to be a part of it. <laughs> Oscar, thanks for being on the show. And thank you for letting me watch the two of you just be the two of you together. It was fun. <laughs> Ryan, you're welcome. (laughs) Now, Oscar, is there anything coming up that you want to promote before we let you off into the wild? Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, aside from Minx, please watch it on HBO Max. And I will be in an upcoming season of Dimension 20 on Dropout, which is the College of streaming platform. So for all you D&D fanatics, it's going to be really fun because... That's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're like Lorraine Sink and love D&D, tune in to uh, Dimension 20 when it drops. And uh, yeah, you can follow me on my social media at Ozzymo, O-Z-Z-Y-M-O, on Instagram and Twitter. I'm trying to use Twitter more, and I haven't decided what that platform is for. Usually all my stuff is on Instagram, but if y'all have suggestions on what I should do with Twitter, please let me know and follow me. Uh, The end. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want me to ramble more about... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was just the I right I could be amount. more rambly, too. <laughs> Oscar, you are the perfect person. I love you so much. Thank I you so you much so for much. being on our podcast. Go oh listen my gosh, to, thank you for having me. Go listen to all of Oscar's many podcasts. Follow him on the internet. Watch Minx and enjoy the crap out of it because it's so great. Thank Yee. you, Ozzy. I love you so much, Lorraine. Ryan, I love you, too. Oh, I, I feel like I love you, too. It's a big love fest. Aww. We did it. Go watch the entire first season of Minx over on HBO Max. Go check out Inside the Disney Vault, wherever you get your podcasts. And congrats are in order because since we recorded this podcast, Minx just got renewed for a second season. I was just wondering about that. Yeah, so they will be back, thank goodness, because I'm heavily invested in the show. I watched it so fast. Oh my gosh, so good for any of our younger listeners. It is not for you. It's not... Probably not for, look, I'm not going to parent you, but just get your parents' permission to watch it. All right, we got to move along into our community section because we are getting into Question of the Week territory. Next week, we will have on Alyssa Wong, who is a wonderful writer. They have been doing great stuff for Iron Fist and, gosh, just so many comics. We actually specifically talked to Alyssa about All My Exes in the Nexus from Marvel's Voices Pride, number one, which is a terrific Young Avenger story. And I will leave it at that. We don't want to get into too much about it, but it is a ding-dang delight. And that issue, Marvel's Voices Pride, comes out next week, so get hype for that. In the spirit of Alyssa's story, All My Exes in the Nexus, I want to know what Marvel exes do you think should get back together? I'm talking folks who broke up. Obviously, easiest answer, Black Panther and Storm. Them together, the ultimate power couple, Wolverine and anyone, just let that man be happy. Um, I feel like he deserves any amount of joy. Yeah. I want Nightcrawler to have joy and love forever. So Kurt and Amanda Sefton, who is this amazing magical sorceress lady, I think that would be super fun. There's so many good ones. You should tweet us your answers using the hashtag this week in Marvel. Email them to twimpodcast at marvel.com or you could send us a message on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash this week in Marvel. Uh, like it while you're there. And of course, please make sure to tell us if this is okay to read on the show because we love to read your messages and tweets and things on the show like we're going to do right now. Yeah, because our question of the week last week was what was your favorite moment from the first episode of Marvel Studios' Ms. Marvel? Up first is Devin Coulson at Devin Coulson, who tweets, My favorite part of the first episode of Marvel Studios' Ms. Marvel would be the opening credits, with Kamala showcasing the final fight from Marvel Studios' Avengers Endgame. Loved how it felt like Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse with a dash of Mitchell's versus the Machines. Ooh, I love that. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Next up, we've got Megan at Megan Maria, uh, who said, I'm obsessed with how Ms. Marvel learns about Carol and Marvel Studios Avengers Endgame through a podcast from Scott Lang. Oh my God. It also has such a great name, Big Me, Little Me, which was a Scott Lang interview on the show, This Powered Life. I want it to be real. Yeah. All right, Raph at Scar Witchy tweeted, The scene where Kamala is imagining about Captain Marvel flying because that's so me. Oh. Next up, Damon at Damon Tweet said, The text exchange scene is easily one of the most creative and unique ways I've seen tell the story of a text exchange. <laughs> so good. TB Signori at Signori underscore Black said, My favorite moment was the look of disappointment on Kamala's face when she realized she'd hurt her father's feelings. Oh. It showed the depth of work that was put into the writing of the show. Little things mean a lot. The reality of the family is so, so good. That was another thing that my mother said, which I was so happy about. She was like, I love the family. And I was like, yeah, yeah mom. And I explained to her how... Sana, our friend, Sana Manath, the executive producer, had a lot of input because she took a lot of experience from her family and, and the vibe and that feeling and that love and that relatability, which I think is so key to all of Ms. Marvel, was right there in the family. So I'm really glad you like that, Signori Black. Yeah. Next up, Ramon Perez at Crillora. 14250 says Kamala's imaginative plan on escaping to AvengerCon without her parents knowing. I love it. It's like an Ocean's Eleven moment where it's like, here's the plan, which is always great because as soon as somebody has a plan, you're 100% sure none of that is going to happen. <laughs> Otherwise, it wouldn't be there. <laughs> Seriously. Next up, we got one from Scott Lynn at Scott Lynette who said, my seven-year-old twins say their favorite part was how the plan for sneaking out did not go according to plan. I hope they're learning some very valid lessons about not sneaking out. <laughs> Kendrick Cesaro at KS Cesaro tweeted, Kamala, how likely is it I'm going to find it there when we get back? Bruno, in Jersey City? Oh, I'd say there's a 0.0001% chance. As a Jersey City resident, Bruno is absolutely right. And of course, this one is in reference to Kamala having to leave her bike behind on their way to AvengerCon. Yeah, that bike is gone. <laughs> oh, forget about it. Big Bad Rad Dad at Big Bad Rad Dad 11 tweeted, When Kamala puts the AvengerCon plan into action and everything goes wrong, her mom's words haunting her every step. Loved how the director showed the reality not quite matching the plan in Kamala's mind. Also, great cameo, Agent M. Yeah, it is a great cameo. Thank you, Big Bad Rad Dad. <laughs> Your girl at Rosella underscore Hannah tweeted, the tribute to Tony and Natasha. It really mm. showed them as heroes that regular people look up to. Yeah, that was such a nice mm -hmm. touch. Sarah at Sarah Plain Tired said, my favorite moment was the very meta mid credit sequence. We got an end stinger for the first time after episode one of a Marvel Studios Disney Plus show. Of course, Avengers super fan Kamala wouldn't be able to wait until late in the season. Yeah. Brandon Williford of the Knack Feagles at Zabana Brandon tweeted, I can't say I have a particular favorite moment. What I can say is that Amon Vellani made some beautiful acting choices. Those quiet moments say so, so much. I am so impressed with her. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard when you are a comic book fan because you have the highest expectation that someone is going to be exactly the person that you imagine when you read the comic. The bar is so high for any movie made out of a book or a comic or any of that stuff. And like she just blows me away every time I watch her. And she's just wonderful. Shout out to Iman Vellani just crushing the game. Next up, we've got an email from Henrik Hansen, which said, Dear Lorraine and Ryan, great show, guys. You have your fingers on the pulse of all that is great and good in Marvel. My favorite Marvel Studios Ms. Marvel moment was when Kamala and Bruno were biking through town talking about superheroes, costumes, zombies, you know, like you do, and the massive graffiti paintings on the walls when they came to life and start illustrating their discussion. It was magical and fun. Also, I absolutely cannot wait for Marvel Studios She-Hulk Attorney at Law. I know in my heart that they are making that show just for me, but I don't mind sharing it with the rest of you. Make Mine Marvel, Henrik Hansen, Maidenstone, UK. I 100% agree. They are also personally making that show for me. Um, I also love all of that graphic stuff that we get to see in that first episode. You know, there's so much cool animation. And you really see how Kamala, like, views the world in her own distinct, imaginative, creative way. I think mm -hmm. 
people kind of give you a hard time when you're a creative kid and your head is in the clouds and you're thinking of stories and you're playing adventure games or like you're like too invested in D&D or whatever it is, you know, you are writing your stories or your fanfic or whatever. But there's so many of us that are that kid and view the world in that weird way. And I thought that was so fabulous. Well said, as always, Lorraine. Ah, shucks. All right, let's get out of here. We're getting too mushy. This episode of This Week of Moral is produced by Zachary Goldberg, Isabel Robertson, Lorraine Sink, and Ryan Panagos. Our senior manager of audio production and development is Brad Barton. Hello, Brad. Jill DeBoff is our director of audio. Yay, Jill. <laughs> and special thanks to Sloth Baby Productions. Sloth Baby Productions. Even you can make a show out of your upstairs bedroom. Just don't let your parents know that you are part of Sloth Baby Productions. <laughs> I'm Ryan. I'm Lorraine. This is Marvel. Your universe. The evil five, 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 five. 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 <laughs> <laughs>